Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today, as always, with Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu, executive director of the Rebellion Pack, for Woo. our big end of 2020 episode. Yay! Yay! And can we I just it. say, just 2020, bye, like, can we just yeah. say that? Like, Yeah, we can. We can. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can, I mean, but then I have to put buy- in timestamps. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think like a horror movie, like uh, uh, 2020 needs to go to Crystal Lake. It needs yeah. to go swimming in the, in the, off the end of the pier. It needs to take a shower. That's all Ooh. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I love this. You were completely correct. Yeah. Um, it needs to have um, uh, sex as, as yep. a female. Yep. 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 Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also hope die. that 2020 gets laid. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. See, but, you don't watch maybe, horror movies. You don't yeah, exactly. Like yeah. th- th- these are the rules. It's just. It's I like, know it's these like, are the rules. It's just funny to me. <laughs> I, I said as a female, like like keep in mind if you're a male, no consequences. But if right. you're a female, then that is the problem. Maybe yeah, if 2020 got laid, it would be in a better mood. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, before we get into our <laughs> terrible transition, but as always, before we get into our uh, wonderful nominations for categories, best categories of 2020, I do have a content note. I got an email from a listener named Ryan pointing out that there was no disclosure uh, on Pingdom, our Pingdom sponsorship last week. Pingdom is owned by SolarWinds, and we absolutely should have had a disclosure on that before we started talking about the topic of SolarWinds <laughs> being yep. horribly, horribly hacked. Um, yep, and we should have done that, and I'm we sorry that have. we didn't. I think in the moment I was like, we're ripping on them, so this seems fine. But it wasn't fine. Um, so thank you, Ryan, for reaching out to us. And that is my disclosure. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that we were more concerned, I think, because it was weird last week in that since we're just disclosing things, Pingdom was a sponsor. And it was just it was a like Simone said, we thought that, OK, we're ripping on, but we should have made it more clear. And so yeah. we apologize for that. And, and thank you for for pointing that out. So, yes, well, it's also like we we set sponsorships months ahead of time. Right. Like we the network buys and sells the, the sponsorships. And if yeah, we have a big problem with it, obviously, we all talk about it and say no. But, um, you know, this was negotiated literally months ago. And it's it's typically been a great service. So it's you know, it's it's kind of, I was telling Ryan this because he also wrote me Simone. Like it's a it's a lose lose for us. Like they they help sponsor the show. We're all professionals here. We need to get paid for the work we do. Uh, but they're also in the news, and uh, we should have we should have disclosed that more completely, though. Without a doubt. Yep. All right. Let's get into our categories. <laughs> Okay, this starting topic is a very strong one. Uh, And I would, of course, like to thank one Brianna Wu for her dedicated work coming up with all of these topics mere hours hours. before the show. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, she spent she spent literally like hundreds of hours on this. Thank you, Brianna. All year. All year, really. She's all year. It's been her special project (laughs) along with Saving America. Anyway, Mm -hmm. topic number one. The stupidest tech story of 2020. And this is such a strong one to start with because this was a year of both very silly stories and also very serious stories that were also stupid. 
<laughs> I think that we hit every end of that spectrum and some that covered the whole spectrum in one story, like off the top of my head, Tubin's Zoom incident, which was both infuriating and revealed and many injustices in media, but was also so absurd that it felt like satire. Um, so, yeah. Let's let's talk about stupidest tech stories of 2020. We're going to do this as so, a round, yeah. and then we're each going to discuss our nominations. Yes, Brianna? Yeah, and then we're all going to agree on one at the end and decide on the stupidest uh, tech story for 2020. So I'm going to go first because I'm worried y'all are going to steal mine. Oh, no! Uh, mine is the entire discussion over Section 230. Ooh. Um, you know, we've had... We've had both points of view on this show. We've had my friend uh, Carrie, uh, who wrote a fantastic book, Nobody's Victim. She advocates very strongly for not repealing Section 230, uh, which indemnifies uh, content. It indemnifies internet service companies for user-provided content. It's what makes the, the web possible in a lot of ways. And she has argued for amending Section 230. Uh, we also had uh, the FF on to argue against not changing uh, changing uh, 2.30. So I, I want to be really clear and say my position on this is I think there's a way to do it, but I've never seen a specific bill. So I can't say, yes, that makes sense to me or no, that would make this situation much worse. Um, the reason I'm nominating this discussion for the stupidest tech story of 2020 is Everyone in Washington, particularly the president, but don't kid yourself, uh, a lot of Democrats have advocated this too. The conversation is completely stupid. It is superficial. It doesn't talk about the repercussions of it. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's honestly a bunch of, uh, of uh, candidates for the old folks home talking about something they don't really understand. So I would nominate this as the dumbest story of 2020. That is strong. Um, Christina, I'll call on you next. Okay, so my stupidest tech story of 2020 is the hand wringing over TikTok. Uh, uh, you got oh, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, I think that the, the TikTok story is absolutely the dumbest story of 2020. Um, look, are there reasons that we might want to be concerned about TikTok? Sure. Are, are there reasons that we should be concerned about where our data goes and, and about, you know, the powers that that companies, not just Chinese-owned companies, but any companies have? Yes. Uh, is the actual, like, the discourse that we had and all of the attempts at, at frankly, like, extortion that the government, like, put into <laughs> place to, to force TikTok to sell itself, was that stupid? Yes. Also, if anybody actually thought that TikTok was going to shut down or leave the United States, like that to me was the dumbest thing. The thing where people are like, oh, we got to move to other platforms because TikTok's going to go away like it's Napster. It's like, yeah. Do you remember what happened with Napster? Napster went away and Kazaa and Direct Connect and Morpheus all like popped up in its place. Like, you know, people will find a way. The kids will find a way to use VPNs. Like, people all over the... You know what I mean? If, if the thing is good enough, they, they will do it. So, mm -hmm. to me, the TikTok story was absolutely the dumbest tech story of 2020. And I'll add on my my thoughts on that one, and then I will do a substitute uh, nomination, <laughs> uh, which is just the, the fact that nothing came of it. And I think as yes. it was happening, it was so clear, like, 
this is probably just a ploy for attention and about trade and blah, blah, blah. But we have to cover it because it's the president of the United States. It's a top tech story. And materially, something could have happened. But nothing happened and no one's talking about it anymore. And it was just this like right. catch 22 where it's like, well, we have to talk about it. Everybody and by talking like, so about obsessed. it, we're making it more real. But it's it's fake. <laughs> right. No, you're exactly right. Like everybody, we were all like, it was big news. And, and not just even us, like we talked about because we felt like we had to. But a lot of like publications and not just tech publications, but they were like breathless coverage. And then as soon as nothing happened, there's been zero follow up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely which, nothing. Yeah, everybody's just like, ah, okay, let's just move on to some other outrage. Okay, I I have to say before we move on with this, this is my argument against this. So what did happen with it is Larry Ellison cashed in. like He used all that money (sighs) he donated to the Republicans to to negotiate a thoroughly, in my opinion, unethical backroom deal. And he (laughs) cashed in on that, uh, asked it Oracle. And um, I, I agree with you, this was a very, very, very dumb story, but it's one company. The whole discussion over 2.30 is people so stupid with what they're talking about. It could literally destroy the internet if we do it wrong, which seems like the trajectory we're, 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 we're headed on. That's a very good argument. I, I think those two are going to be the ones that are going to be discussing between. However, my uh, mea culpa third is Remember that terrible Iowa caucus app (laughs) that was used to submit votes for the primary back in, I think, January or February? And it was just completely broken and no one could log into it. And we started off the 2020 election, the most important election maybe of our lifetimes, with like the worst mishandled, bungled tech incident (laughs) that I can think of to really set the tone for 2020 before we even knew there was going to be a global pandemic. That was a fun time. That was, that was a fun great. time. That was great. Can I tell a quick story about the woman uh, that was the CEO behind that? Uh, her name is Tara. And I heard a story from a very credible insider source oh that she once went to an, an event with President Obama and freaked out and started screeching like, oh, President Obama, and got her uh, President Obama to sign her arm and then got a tattoo. Oh, my God. Signature on her body. I that, have heard that from people of firsthand knowledge. That, that That's a move. Um, that's interesting. I, yeah. I mean, that that's a move. I mean, like, I love Taylor Swift, but I don't, I don't think even I would be like, if I ever met her, I'd be like, please sign something on my arm so I can get this tattooed. Like, I, I just don't think I'd do that. But I don't know. I mean, you okay. do you, girl. <laughs> I know this is going to sound rich coming from me, but you got to have a little dignity. Anyway, Anyway, okay, so between, I think it's between Section 230 and banning TikTok, and Brianna, you gave a very compelling argument that, like, 230 is not the juiciest story in terms of, like, you know, the gossipy news that I usually enjoy. However, I, I feel very compelled. So before we decide, like you're going to obviously have the have the deciding vote, uh, Simone. My one argument against uh, the two thirty thing is that I, I I agree that the discourse over it has been stupid. However, I actually think because of the way that it's been used and the fact that it's going to absolutely be something that we have to face next year, I I, I don't know if I'd call it like the dumbest story. I feel like there's been a lot of hand wringing on both sides. However, I. 
I do feel like it's one of those things that, as Brie said, like the future of the internet is at stake. It's not it's about- Because it's actually going to have consequences. Right. Versus Larry Ellison getting rich and like teens finding a way around to use an app that they, you know, want to use. And, and you know, like making like it easier for Facebook to, to be dominant if, if TikTok is out of the way. I think there's a good argument that it's going to be more of a 2021 story than a 2020 story, whereas TikTok is very much a 2020 story. I uh, Yeah, I think I buy that. Uh, and I think my vote will go to TikTok based on the argument that the Section 230 discussion will have consequences and also will resolve uh, theoretically in 21 or 22. I can agree with that. Yay! Yay! <laughs> All right. Um, next up, we have the best Apple product of 2020. And for a year such as this, we actually have a lot of products to choose from. We had new iPhones, mm-hmm. we had new iPads, we had Mac Mini, we had that MacBook Air, we had the Magic Keyboard, we had the freaking Silicon, Apple Silicon came out this year. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, and for nominations this time, let's start with Christina. Okay, so this is a weird one because I haven't actually used this, but I'm still going to make it my pick. I'm just going to say the M1 MacBook. I'm just going to say the M1 chips. So that's going to encompass the Mac Mini, the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro. Um, I haven't used one yet, but it has been it's been more and more difficult for me every single day to not buy one of these damn laptops and to wait for the inevitable M2 or M3 or whatever they're going to call the Pro version. Uh, I'm waiting because I know better. I know better in that I, I'm going to want more than 16 gigs of RAM. I'm going to want some other features that they just don't have right now. But every performance benchmark, every real-world real test I've seen, every report on battery life, everything that we've been seeing coming from this, even just the, the state of Rosetta, like this is impressive. Um, I think that we were all understandably skeptical that Apple could pull this off. And I'm still skeptical in regards to certain workloads actually being able to be, I guess, converted in like the next, maybe the, I don't know, like six months. But I think that within the next 18 months, like this is going to be a big thing. So I, I definitely um, am going for the um, the M1, um, like Max in general, is, is I'm going to say product of the year. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's a surprise. I have the exact same uh, opinion. Uh, I was going to narrow it a bit more down. I think when it comes to value, I think out of the the three of them, the MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini, I think it's really clear that the the the, the MacBook Air is the one mm-hmm. to buy. Yeah, it's hard to think of a uh, really the main argument for the uh, Pro in this case, or the extra dongle slots that you get. Uh, uh, but you know that sacrifice for portability, just grand the 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 additional battery life that you get, um, and just how well Apple has done this transition. Um, I think, I think most of us. I was I was very 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 negative on this, um, and it's it's true. This is going to devastate uh, you know Unreal Engine and games on the uh, the Mac platform in the long term. But uh, I think they were dead uh, anyway. I it it wasn't your first choice for that, right? Um, so I think it's I would definitely say the MacBook Air, uh, the M1 MacBook Air is the best Apple product of uh, this year. I do think that the Magic Keyboard uh, deserves an honorable mention. Uh, this really transforms the iPad into 
being something you can use every single day. And I don't think it's product of the year, but it would be if there weren't M1 Max out. Thank you for vamping while the recycling truck sat directly outside my window (laughs) and poured thousands and thousands of bottles into its hungry maw. Um, The the Magic Keyboard was actually my nomination as well, just because that's, I think, the, the primary Apple product that came out this year that I interacted with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just love it. It, yeah, I use it's great. it all the time. Um, it's just the thing that I use to prop up my iPad. I use it for texting and it makes me the fastest texter in the world. And I just, I think it works so well, so neatly. And I absolutely adore it. However, I totally agree that as far as game changers go, um, Apple Silicon is the big one. And like when I heard that, like, theoretically, theoretically, the next uh the next macbooks that we get to refresh our current machines maybe apple silicon like honestly I, I think i know when we first talked about it i was like maybe i'll upgrade to this when all the adobe apps are optimized now i don't care <laughs> i just want it i, I i've come I, I had a christina like transformation where it became a thing where i was like huh yeah maybe someday too no i want this now uh i will not pay for it myself but like i <laughs> i think that it is uh really cool and i'm excited to hopefully 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 get my hands on one someday um so that i my vote also goes to that awesome okay All right. so uh of the three what are, i mean i think it's the m1 mac and the yeah. macbook air specifically yeah i i think i think the m1 mac Yes, that would be mine as well. Even though the MacBook is the one that theoretically I'll be using someday. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Having having a laptop that can export video that that quickly with like a translated Adobe app is pretty dope. Yeah, and the battery life is incredible. Like I would definitely put like if we have to make it specific, I would probably go with the Air. I'm just going to say M1 in general would still be my pick. Can we just say the chip? Just the chip itself? <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of it because because all three of them are basically the same. Like there are a couple of trade offs, but they're you're essentially getting nearly identical performance. So uh, like the Mac Mini, I wouldn't include like as is one of my narrow down to be either between the Pro and the Air. I think the Air is the better value. Uh, I think you get a little more battery life with the Pro and and it has more ports. But I think the Air is you know I would look if I were personally buying one, I would buy the Air today. Um, and and I, you know wait on whatever the next pro you know iteration would be but um so if we want to say macbook air i'm completely fine with that all right cool okay next category worst apple product of 2020 (laughs) can i go first i'm gonna go first this time uh the 27 inch imac that was released right before apple silicon (laughs) you mean the one that i like have Yeah, yeah 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 That's pretty much my whole argument. I mean, I love I love an iMac. I use an iMac for work. Um, however, oh boy, to release, you know, your big desktop machine that's that expensive right before you release the chip that changes the whole game, that makes your whole lineup healthier. Eh, oh, it's sad. I mean, it, great. I'm sure, you know, it's just bad timing. It's just sad, sad timing. So that's my nomination. Uh, my only pushback on that is I would say if you were buying it without knowing what you were buying, I 100% agree. If you went into it like I did, where in many cases you bought it because you knew it was going to be like your last Intel Mac machine 
and you needed certain features from it and mm. you were willing to pay extra to get the, you know, 16 gigabyte graphics card and like the 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 10 core CPU and all the other things that are not going to be available on, you know, a a, a R Mac for at least another year, if if not, you know, a little bit longer. I would agree with you if you but but if you went with those things, that's my only my only like pushback is that but if you were just like average person on the street who was like yeah, I need a new Mac and I'm going to buy this iMac. And then two months late, three months later, you know, the M1s come out and you're like, dang, why did I do this? Yeah, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be angry too. So yeah, um, that, that's my only caveat is that if you bought it knowing, like I went into it and so did some other people I know, like we went into it in some ways being like me, I was like, there are going to be certain software things that I cannot do on an R Mac right now. So mm. that's why I got it. Thank but, you for yeah. providing the sucker's perspective. Yes. Uh, thank you. Well, you know what? And 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 this is how I justify spending like four thousand dollars on um last gen technology. But yeah, I think I think that's that's not a bad uh choice. For me, I'm gonna say uh the thirty dollar cable that I had to spend on <laughs> that I had to buy so that I can use my AirPods Max um with the with the three and a half millimeter jack. That's going to be my worst Apple product. Actually, that's tied with the um, the power brick that you have to buy to go along with your <laughs> MagSafe charger or with your iPhone since they no longer come in the box. Those those are my two picks. Oh, that's good, Brianna. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough because it's a it's a fine product. It, like the product itself is fine, but like someone needs to go to the Hague and go on trial for <laughs> exploiting people like that. Right. Like it's it's oh, that's a really strong argument, Christina. I'm like, you're gonna run the table today. Damn <laughs> she it. really is. This Damn is it. brutal. Damn it. <laughs> Well, the one I was going to say is, you know, Simone, I thought a lot about your choice for a long time, the 27-inch Mac. But I think the thing is there's there's not something to replace what the 27-inch Mac does, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, mm. like if there was... If there was another all-in-one, you know, multi-core thing for, you know, pick up, play, do video editing, do development work right there out of the box, I'd be right there with you. But there's not. So for that reason, I think I would say the the March 2020 MacBook oh, Air. Yeah. Because that's that's a that, rough blow, right? Oh, that is that's you that's the out, real mm-hmm. Yeah. You go out, you buy it. And, you know, there's nothing really that the MacBook Air x86 does. There's like, if nothing. you're in the market for that, you care about all the stuff that Apple Silicon does better, exactly. right? Battery life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. multitasking, doing these, you know, things like pages, mail, Safari quicker. That's what you care about. So you're getting such a worse machine. Mm-hmm. And like five months later, that's a. That's yeah. a tough blow because you can't. In that case, you it's got not a fixed close keyboard. Enough. Yeah, no, exactly. Right. You got you yeah. got a fixed keyboard, and that's it. You got a fixed keyboard, worse battery life, worse performance, with the oh, same price. That you know what? I'm I'm yep. swayed. I'm swayed I am by too. that. I am too. Like I'm still incredibly angry about the fact that you have to buy a freaking power cable to go along with your MagSafe. And that it doesn't come in the box. Like, I'm still, I'm just incensed. And and people on Twitter have been fighting with me about, oh, you know, saves the environment, this and that. A, it doesn't because you have to buy it anyway. 
uh, uh, you know, B, it's just it's just penny pinching at its worst. I think it's just absolutely like like Bree said, take them to the Hague. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. I I am swayed. Um, the twenty twenty the the March twenty the early twenty twenty MacBook Air. If you bought one of those, my condolences for real because you got screwed. Yeah, because I I think money wise, if if I'm buying the phone. Yes, it hurts to buy a new cable. You know, the day when I eventually do run out of lightning cables and need to buy a new cable. Yeah, that'll hurt. It will not hurt as much as buying a whole laptop and then having no. a much, much well, better and, and laptop it coming out. <laughs> well, especially since they hadn't announced the chips first. Like, you could make, like, here's the thing. They'd already announced that M1 was coming when the Intel Mac was was announced, right? Mm-hmm. So Or was released. Uh, the iMac was released. So you bought that iMac knowing that sometime that year there was going an to be an informed choice. Exactly. And 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 there was a gamble because there were there was there was a lot of people who were like are they going to launch a refreshed redesigned iMac? And my my feeling was I was like they will absolutely not be doing that this year because even Apple even Apple wouldn't be brazen enough to release um an upgraded machine and then 3 months later have a redesigned machine also available. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even Apple wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Right. Within 90 days, they wouldn't do that. But to within like six months be like, okay, you buy this machine. It's got the fixed keyboard, which they tout two months later at WWDC, they announced these new chips. And then a few months after that, they released this significantly better for, as Brie pointed out, the people who are buying um, a MacBook Air, which is which is slightly different than the audience who's buying um, an iMac, especially if you're getting a 27-inch iMac and a high-end one at that. Yeah, I would be, I'd be pissed. And not only that, like, I really feel for those people because resale value on Mac stuff, on Apple stuff in general, is usually pretty good. The resale value on that laptop has to be hot garbage because who would buy it? Like the only people who are going to buy that are going to be, you know, I I hate to say this, but like idiots on eBay who just don't know any better and see, oh, the MSRP was this. Or, I mean, I could see a broke college student market maybe, but I think that we should. This is the issue. I was just saying like the the resale value, like if they sold it really cheap, you're not going to, this is what I'm saying. You're not going to recoup your investment is what I'm saying. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, okay, I think we all agree on the early 2020 MacBook Air as the worst Apple product of 2020, which brings us to category four, top game of 2020. Uh, the, the wording seems to imply that this is a positive category, and that is how <laughs> I took it. There were a lot of really, really good games this year, despite the fact mm-hmm. that I personally made the decision that there wouldn't be new games this year. A bunch of people released good games anyway. Um, which I found to be disgusting and reprehensible behavior. <laughs> um, but let's hear from Brianna. What was your top game of 2020? So this was, there was a lot of really good stuff this year. I think Animal Crossing clearly caught the mm-hmm. the zeitgeist, but I cannot vote for that because they they effed me over and I lost my save <laughs> right. game after a few hundred hours. So God, they did F Animal Crossing. Uh, I think a lot of people didn't know this, but uh, the newest Shantae game, uh, Shantae is made by WayForward. It is just an absolutely charming series. It's very Metroidvania. That actually debuted this year on Apple TV. They got the first version of a a really prestigious uh, platforming game that I love to speedrun. But I don't think that game was big enough to be game of the year. 
Um, I know it's a controversial choice, but it's got to be cyberpunk for me. I have put uh, 70 hours into that game. I'm absolutely loving it. I know it's problematic. I know it's buggy. I know that this company is probably going to be in one of our later categories. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But I, as far as the game I personally enjoyed the most and the one I'm going to be playing the most five years from now, it's got to be cyberpunk. All right, uh, Christina, let's hear from you. Okay, so this is interesting because it has been like a really good year actually for games. And maybe that's because I have played more games this year than I've played like in a really long time. Um, <laughs> Animal Crossing is definitely on my short list. Uh, unlike Bria didn't, uh, you know, kind of like uh, ruin my save game, but I understand that. Um, uh, I think that uh, Miles Morales is a really good game. Uh, for 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 PS5 and and I guess it's technically out for PS4 as well. Among Us, um, I, I really have enjoyed, and that's just been a really fun, uh, uh, like you know, group experience. My vote is going to be Animal Crossing, just because I actually made some real life friendships with some people that mm. I work with who I never would have oh. interacted with, like otherwise that I've like become friends with because of Animal Crossing, which I think is kind of the power of that type of game so it's for me i'm never going to be able to separate the pandemic and the endless march of 2020 with anything other than you know animal crossing will always be related to that uh at least um uh, new horizons um so so that's that's my pick Mm -hmm. that was actually animal crossing came in at number 10 on my personal list just because of how far it, how long it had been since I played it and just how it kind of fell out of my my gaming life after that mm-hmm. initial like yes. first three months or so. However, it was my nomination here just because I think I was very swayed by um, Nicole Carpenter's article about it when it, it got Game of the Year at Polygon about just how much it defined 2020 for so many people and how those creative communities that grew up around it are still going so strong. Um, And it has been constantly updated and people are still like quietly coming back to it day after day. Um, And I I think when we look back on interactivity and games in 2020 among us, like you said, Christina is definitely going to be up there and is currently my like most fun 2020 gaming experience. But um, I think Animal Crossing kind of deserves the retrospective tip of the hat for me. I think, granted, the 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 because really, Cyberpunk's not going to be released until twenty twenty one. Yeah, really. If you uh, really think about it, and this was this game really caught the zeitgeist beyond just gamers, but non gamers. So mm-hmm. if y'all want to say AC, I'm 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 fine with that. All right. Which, AC it is, which brings us to category five, the best non-Apple hardware product of 2020. Uh, And I will go first for this one. I have a non-2020 release, but I think a very relevant and related nomination to Animal Crossing, which is the Nintendo Switch. Which, as soon as This is like the third year in a row, right? Yeah, I think it might be. Did we do it last year too? God yeah, damn and, and the year before it was like our favorite gadget. Like it's the yeah, totally. I mean, not only is it good, and it has consistently been good since we first uh, made it our product of the year, I guess. However, this year 
it became so desirable. Uh, it sold out immediately as soon as people began being confined to their homes because of the pandemic. I personally struggled with my mother to find one for my stepfather online. And we ended up paying like ridiculously over market value for one on eBay. And I don't even care. It was a personal victory. Um, so even though we had, you know, some really solid console releases this year, I think the Nintendo Switch is the one that, well, I can't say it got people more hyped than the PS5 and the Xbox Series X because people are undeniably still filling mm -hmm. waiting queues for those even as I speak. However, um, I think the Switch has proven over and over again to be just an excellent investment, an excellent console that excellent games are still coming out for, including one that, like I said, defined people's gaming habits in 2020. Um, and I, I do think it continues to be the best hardware product. <laughs> Three years running. I kind of feel like it has to. I understand the nomination. I accept it. I feel like it has to have come out this year to win the category. Just my opinion. All right. What's your yeah. what's your nomination? So I thought a lot about this. Um, I think like one of the most innovative uh, products of this year is the PS5 controller. That Agreed. was a really strong contender. Um, the triggers on it. Um, I think we don't have many games besides uh, uh, Astro's Playroom that really uh, take advantage of it yet. But I see, I, I think it's going to be big. Um, that said, is there anything that's out in 2020 that really makes you experience it? Um, no, no, I don't think there are enough mainstream games to, to, to take advantage of that, to, to vote for it. So I don't think it's that, um, I think of the two consoles that came out this year because of, uh, games pass, I think the Xbox, uh, series S and series X are the better, uh, next gen console, but the reason that that's better is a software service. So it right. can't be the best hardware product of mm. the year. Right. So, you know, I was just, I was, I was thinking and thinking and thinking about this. And I think for me, the, and I know this is going to be a, just an obscure pick, but the thing that really changed uh, my 2020 was the analog, uh, the, the SA, it's a mm -hmm. FPGA, uh, NES clone. You can't even buy them anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, unless you're willing to pay like a thousand dollars on eBay. But as far as the, uh, the $500 that, that I spent that I feel like I got the biggest bang from, um, this is the thing that I've enjoyed the most by far. So. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because you both actually picked things that didn't come out in 2020, uh, which, um, you know, no, like this I'm, did. This is a new version of it. It's a new version. Are you sure? It's a new just version, hundred percent. Okay, interesting. Um, so they took all the the stuff that the SNES uh, uh, analog had and put it in the noir. That's why it was actually delayed six months. Was to update gotcha. it from the one that came out a while back. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so I'm I'm with you, Bree, in terms of like. Part of me wanted to pick a console. Uh, I think that the PS5 has the more interesting controller. I actually think that the, I like the Xbox, I think, better largely because of Game Pass. And in some ways, I almost feel like if I had to give like a product of the year category, which, you know, is, is like more broad, I would almost say Game Pass because I, I do feel like that is that is a tremendous value and is one of those things that uh, I do think will be uh, mm. like 
continue to be a game changer, uh, to pardon the pun. Uh, I, I really do, especially with the EA partnership. Uh, like, it's just, it's one of those things that changes how you play games. It's certainly changed how I've played with games. And as more and more stuff has come to it, it has made me play way more games than I would have otherwise. It's kind of made me into a gamer again. Um, the Switch, I do feel like I could easily be swayed to to pick that, even though it is three years old. <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> this is tough because... I, when I look at like the stuff that I bought, like if I'm trying to think of my personal life, this is a dumb thing. But the Cam Link, the Elgato Cam Link 4K, which lets you connect um, a you know a DSLR or whatever to your computer as a webcam, that's actually been a massive game changer for me. So, and I think you know it's one of these things. It's it's a, it's a hundred dollar device. Um, it plugs in through USB and especially since it's been so hard for people to get webcams in general and it can really kind of up your value. And And I can now do studio quality recording from home with my $800 DSLR um, and and this, you know, device versus having to, now that I can't go into a studio. So the the can link would probably be my personal pick because that's probably been the thing that is that has impacted my life the most. But um I could be swayed to go with this switch just because I think for the third year in a row, it is like this undeniable force of just. It's kind of nice to have a rule of thirds. However, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it's something everybody should probably buy one. I mean, you know, we've got, I mean, we're supposed to have 20 million vaccines out by now. We've got 2 million out by now. This pandemic is going to keep going. So I mm-hmm. think because of that, I could, I could, uh, Simone, I can go with you in the switch. I, I, I think this is an extraordinary year. Rules were meant to be broken. Yep. I, I can go mm-hmm. with that. Thank you. And I think just to speak briefly again about, um, oh, it's because it's not Apple. Uh, to speak briefly again about the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, I, I think similarly to Section 230 being like, the 2021 story. Yep. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to see same, how those same with develop. And I'm so excited to do that. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I feel like also hopefully we'll, they'll come out like, and, and this is the same thing too. Like you can actually get, a, I mean, it's more difficult, but you can get a switch, right? Like it's not <laughs> impossible. Whereas very few people have been able to get a Xbox or a PlayStation. Uh, and, and that doesn't even go into like, if we were going to go into like AMD's new chips or the new graphics cards, like you cannot get them. They are impossible to, to, to get the switches you had to, you had to pay like over, but like, if you'd come to, um, you know, um, aunt Christina, I might like you were, you were, I'm sure like, you know, stressed for, for time. And it was one of those things, but like, I, I helped people get them, you know, during the, the most, uh, difficult crunch period and, and they're, they're available, right? Like it's one of those things cause it's, it's been out for three years. Yeah. So people can actually buy this for now, <laughs> for now. Well, I right. uh, want to offer a brief, I was just putting show link links in the show notes. Uh, and I think I said earlier, animal crossing was polygons game of the year. I was wrong. Hades was our game of the year. Animal Crossing was number two. However, I was still swayed by the essay. By, by. <laughs> and yeah, that's I was what gonna, matters. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and frankly, I mean, like, I haven't played Hades, but... Um, play it on your Switch, the console of the year. I, I will play it on, on our gadget of the year. Um, All right. Uh, the Switch, yeah. So the Nintendo Switch takes our best hardware product of the year. <laughs> Three <laughs> years running. Okay, cool. Uh, this is a fun category number six. 
Number six is our most effed company of 2020. <laughs> Love and this. There are so many potential nominees for this. Uh, we could be talking about every single social media company that came under scrutiny by the FTC. So Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft. We could be talking about TikTok, which came under scrutiny by the government and ended up being in a partnership with Oracle. Ugh. We could be talking about Solar Winds, which was disastrously hacked all year long, or we could be talking about CD Projekt Red, mm-hmm. uh, which has been working on a doomed project for eight years. We could even talk about Intel or WeWork, because when I scrolled back through all our episodes from 2020, I found episodes about that. Yeah. Um, remember WeWork? That was a story. I know. Anyway, I know. Remember so we were much all mad about WeWork? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a good time. Uh, let's have Christina go first this time. Who is your most effed company of 2020? Oh, God, this is so hard because, yeah, you, you as you said, it could literally be any of them. I mean, part of me wants to say CD Projekt Red, but that, I think, is just more of a victim of it being the newest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Facebook. I'm going to go with Ooh. Facebook. Okay. Argue, please argue for that point of view. Okay, so I think that Facebook has been so dominant and, you know, the narrative with them switched a couple of years ago where it went from everybody kind of loving Facebook to people being weary to this year was like the full-on backlash, like to a level that we haven't had backlash in a long time. Uh, and I think rightfully so. They are being hit by, you know, FTC, by, by um, you know, attorneys generals in, in, in various states. Consumers are, you know, um, uh, you know uh, mad at them. Um, there are international issues. TikTok is, is nipping at their heels. Like, I just feel like the culture, there have been so many reports about how the culture has been kind of broken, people, you know, being, um, uh, you know, fired because of kind of speaking out against, the, you know, uh, you know, about protests and whatnot, just the way they've been handling things. I just feel like, like, it's it's certainly a company, there are a lot of companies out there that, uh, let me put it this way, if a recruiter, and they have, when Facebook recruiters approach me, I'm like, no, thank you. I won't even have a conversation. Uh, I realize that's a very privileged position to be in, and and I'm very fortunate to be that way. And I don't begrudge anyone who does take those conversations or who does work there because you you got to have a job. But I won't I won't even have a conversation with a recruiter. So that to me kind kind of is like why I'm like yeah I think that this is the most effed company of 2020. Mm-hmm. I guess I feel like that argument depends on how much faith you have that the Biden administration is going to follow through on some of these antitrust actions. And oh, what which been, I have zero faith in that. So. Yeah, and I have to agree with that um, because, I, I mean, frankly, there's been a lot of, uh, as much as I love the tech industry and I want to see more representation uh, there in Congress and in the president's cabinet, there's been a lot of, uh, there've been a lot of people I feel that are on the wrong side of tech companies that are um, represented uh, in Biden's cabinet so far. So I hope he does the right thing and kind of uh, starts putting some regulations down. Like you, I don't have much faith, uh, Christina, but I hope I'm wrong. Mm. My, or wait, was that your, have you had your piece, Brianna? No, I have not. I have not. Do you want me to go or do you I want think to go? you... No, I'll I'll do a brief because mine is going to be short. (laughs) I chose a fun one for this. I chose the uh, the company that made the smart chastity cages that were vulnerable (gasps) to hacking. Oh, that's fantastic! Um, Yes, which could of course imprison the penis in the chastity cage Mm -hmm. uh, if it were hacked. Um, 
that was silly. Could have been maybe the nominee for topic one, but uh, the uh, saying the most effed company of the year is the one that made that vulnerable chastity cages appeals to me. And that's my argument. I love that. Tie bow on it. That's I got to tell you, that's better than mine because I think ultimately Christina's choice and my choice are still going to exist 10 years from now. And Mm -hmm. the category is effed company. That company is effed. Right. And That's true. Yeah. Well, I will argue for mine and then we can we can all decide. Hit um, me. So I was I was thinking hard about this. Uh, my first go to was obviously WeWork. But mm-hmm. I started reading stories about it. they are actually thriving, y'all, because they were able to get out of some of these really expensive leases and mm-hmm. they have new leadership. And amazingly, it looks like they're actually going to have an IPO next year, oh, which is just I know it's like, shoot me. Like, how can you <laughs> have a company thriving that creates office spaces when nobody needs office spaces. I I don't know if it involves selling your soul to Satan or what, but they're they're doing fine. Um, huh. Obviously, CD Projekt Red came to mind, but I I really think that they're gonna. I I think the lawsuits are gonna come out and it's gonna hurt them financially. But I think that this whole debacle is gonna make whatever they do next. Uh, they're gonna have a lot of attention for that. So I think they're gonna be fine. Uh, the company I think is in a really, really desperate situation is Square Enix. So oh. last year, uh, you, you had Anthem come out. Uh, that's a Bioware game uh, that obviously failed. Just huge. Mm-hmm. It was massive investment for them that really hurt their stock. And then this year, um, I want to tell you, Crystal Dynamics is one of my very favorite studios. Uh, I actually wrote a piece for Polygon uh, talking about how they rebooted uh, 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 Laura Croft and, uh, you know, interviewed like Rihanna Pratchett and things like that. Like I wrote about that history. I'm very proud of that piece. Um, so I love Crystal Dynamics deeply. But Marvel Avengers came out this year. It reportedly cost them over $180 million to make without marketing costs and sold less than 3 million units. It's not being played on Twitch. And even with Final Fantasy XIV doing very, very, very well, uh, you know, they took a massive loss uh, for uh, this quarter, uh, over $50 million loss. And that's really before the full impact of Avengers, which is supposed to be this live service model, bringing in recurring revenue for years, kicks in. So, you know, two really tough years for Square Enix, even when they have Final Fantasy VII coming out and mm-hmm. doing well. Um, they're clearly making some really bad decisions, especially with the live service models. And that would be my vote for F That's Company. super compelling. Because when, you, when yeah. you initially mentioned it, I was like, oh, but I love Final Fantasy VII. And I, I, I have to admit, I really have Final Fantasy VII blinders on. And I mm-hmm. kind of put out of my mind those other uh, less than stellar games that, that they have been involved in. Um, However, I do still, uh, oh man. But they're going to survive and your company probably, yeah. Well, okay. Actually, can I change my answer? Yeah. Sure. We have no rules here. Intel. 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 That's it. Done. All right. (laughs) Well, explain it. Explain it to listeners if they missed that episode. So so Intel is going to survive. Like Intel probably will, 
you know, I don't want to say too big to fail, but they're practically too big to fail. And and they, they will survive in some form basically probably forever, right? However, Intel has been hit on every possible end you could hit. So first of all, they announced that their long, you know, like delayed move to lower nanometer production has been delayed again. So they missed that. Um, Apple comes up with the M1 chip, which just slaughters them. Um, ARM is doing other really big things. Uh, you know, um, Amazon has their Graviton processors. There are lots of other things happening on that end. AMD is just annihilating them, annihilating them um, in the processor space. The 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 um, the Zen three chips are better performers even in games than the new um, you know Intel desktop chips, and it, it's not even close. They're better value. Um, Basically, uh, all Intel really had, even in laptop ships, you know, AMD is like better, faster, like better performant, better battery life. Like it is, it is like uh, just a decimation. And what Intel has going forward is that they can actually produce more chips than than AMD can. Um, and uh, NVIDIA bought ARM. Um, mm-hmm. And and so NVIDIA is going to be coming really, really strong to this game. And NVIDIA is honestly who, if I'm Intel, I'm probably more afraid of NVIDIA than I am of anybody else. Uh, so yeah, Intel is, is, is my pick because will they be around in a year? Absolutely. Um, it, it, have they literally been like hit by every possible side you could be hit on and also had like, I think one of their lead engineers, uh, resigned. I think there've been like other executive shakeups uh, again, like the, the, the 10 nanometer stuff being delayed again, the fact that they <laughs> can't get to those lower nanometer processes is just really, really bad. And, uh, yeah, so Intel. Intel is my pick for most F company of the year. I agree. I like that one because it, it's more serious than mine, uh, and I, it feels very relevant. The knife has been sunk in. They are they're bleeding. Even if they don't die, they are bleeding. <laughs> okay, Intel. Nice. Which brings us to our final category. Woohoo! Yes! Dessert yes, of the yes, year. Yes! And Brianna, I'd like you to take this one first. So it's hard. I mean, if we were doing a dessert this week, I think it would be Hillary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, I love this story. I've been yelled at online for enjoying this story. But uh, if you haven't followed this story, this is uh, this is a woman. There's a professional yoga instructor. This is Alec Baldwin's up, wife. Is Alec, I don't usually like to identify women as being uh, wives. But that's, but that's why that's people know her. Best known but for. That's, that's why yeah. we know her. It's fair. That's why it's we're fair. talking about it's her. Fair. Yeah, and uh, uh, so it came out this week that even though she's a a white woman that was born and raised in Boston, uh, she has been uh, maybe maybe some of her um, cosplaying be, as a Spanish person. There's yeah. that allegation. There, there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be it. But we're not doing dessert this week. I just wanted to give that an honorable mention, um, y'all. I, it's not. I, I don't see how the dessert of 2020 can't be our candy corn episode dessert. Oh. I, I just don't oh, see I love that. like, like Jim today before we were recording, he was saying, please turn down your audio, Brianna. I said, yes, sir. I do not want to eat any more candy corn. Can uh, I offer a brief so- correction? Um, yes. Jim told all of us that we were yes. too loud and that we were yes. <laughs> yes, yes, but I'm not messing with Jim because I'm not eating any more green bean candy corn. I'm just That's not. That's true. So, yeah, I'm just saying uh, it's it's even worse than you are presenting it as. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. It's not so, just you. Uh, not a topic, but definitely my top dessert topic of uh, 2020. Nice. 
Uh, Christina, what about you? Screlly's uh, lover. I like. Oh, yeah. oh it's so good. Um, it, it, it's like it's because I mean, part of me like I totally like. I think that our our best episode of the year was totally episode three hundred, and and uh, our our dessert that was both horrific and and amazing. Um, but uh, I think between um Zoomgate and and the Screlly lover thing, um, the Screlly the Screlly girlfriend story. I just I keep thinking about it, and it's just. So good. I just, it's so good. It was, it was, God. Oh, it's, it's good. So, it's yeah. good. Continually yeah. delicious. Um, my nomination was actually the, uh, the one that I looked back on with a lot of fondness, remembering just having fun and going off was when Christina and I talked about Netflix's Rebecca adaptation. <gasps> yes, I know you I weren't that. there for that, Brie, but I did have a, a very good time. However, that is me specific enough that I think that ugh, either of your choices are so good. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for the rocket specific one, which yeah. is of course the candy corn, which was definitely the worst <laughs> dessert, <laughs> but also the best dessert. Yeah. We're not yeah. saying if it's good. We're saying no. it was the, the Absolutely. one of the year, It was the best right? of desserts. It was the worst of desserts. It sums yeah. up 2020. We chose to eat so much of that disgusting candy corn, and it was oh, terrible, God. and I hated it. But I would not have done it with anyone else but you, Same. <laughs> and we Don't paid. You have we paid about it. Oh, oh yeah, can't you like taste it just talking about it? <laughs> oh my Ugh. God, I've I've gone back and I've listened to our episode of that, and it's just I've laughed so hard because I usually don't listen to our show, um, and uh, you know because we do it, and and that seems like like weird and you know to go back but like I've, I've gone back and i've listened to that a couple of times and i'm so proud of us doing that but also it was so entertaining but so terrible <laughs> like i i honestly didn't think that anything could be that bad <laughs> it really lived up to the the hype the anti it really did it really yeah. did like honestly um and and part of me like i'd wanted us to like have like like video record our thing i almost like it better that you don't see our faces because you can just hear the pain you can just hear just the, the realization of of we made these choices. <laughs> and that uh, green bean, oh my God. Oh, eh. wow. Okay. Well, thank you. I think that, that that is our definite choice for dessert of the year, which means our winners of the topics of the year. Stupidest tech story of 2020 was TikTok, the whole drama over TikTok. Best Apple product of 2020 the silicon the m1 silicon chip Mwah, love it the worst apple product of 2020 that march macbook air release uh top game of 2020 animal crossing new horizons best non-apple hardware product of 2020 the nintendo switch for the third year running. <laughs> <laughs> the most effed company of 2020 uh intel sorry and the dessert of the year our own dessert uh episode 300 uh, so thank you, everyone, who has been listening with us this year. It really, looking back through all the previous published episodes to kind of skim for stories I might have forgotten, this was a huge year for us. And we definitely had a lot of really interesting topics and a lot of great interviews. <laughs> um, so thank you to everyone who's been listening with us. And I hope that 2020, if it hasn't been kind to you, I hope that you are still hanging in there and that you have a better 2021. I think just statistically it has to be better. Right. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs>
I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not wanting to like twi- twist fate, but I'm just saying I don't, I don't know if we as a culture, as a society, as a world, can survive many more years like 2020. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Any final thoughts before I ask where y'all are online? Nope. Just cool. uh, thank you all for listening to us for 300 plus episodes and for joining us in this hellscape of a year. And uh, thank you both of you for continuing to to do this show because this is my favorite thing that I get to do. Thank you. Oh, I feel the same way. And where can I find you online, Christina? Who are you again? I You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And I'm sorry if people hear the sirens in the background. I can do nothing about that. Um, <laughs> so you can find film underscore girl on Twitter and Instagram. You can find my videos that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And uh, yeah, that's it. Great. Brianna, what about you? Uh, you can see me at uh, Brianna Wu on the Twitter machine. And please, y'all, we got one week left in this Georgia thing. Oh, God. Uh, Rebellion, we've got, we have an ad today. Y'all, I went and got $2,000 of cash in ones, fives, and 20s. <laughs> and I literally set my iPhone to just record in slow motion, $2,000 falling into cash on the table. Uh. And the message is just like, look, the only thing uh, standing in your way getting $2,000 in cash is uh, Kelly Leffler. Vote on January 5th. <laughs> That's absolutely true. So, uh, yes, you can support us and get that in front of people uh, by going to uh, helptherebellion.com. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and my videos at youtube.com slash polygon. Hey, my next video is finally free from a paperwork disaster. So it will, I might have mentioned that last week. I don't think I did though. It will be coming out this weekend and I'll tell you all about it next week, I guess. Thank you everyone. Happy lawyers involved. What? No. Were there lawyers? There was an, there's like a, a appearance release. Involved. Oh, got it. So got technically, it, got yes, it. not in like a, <laughs> not in like a tragic way, just a like, you know, a way, <laughs> a normal way. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Happy New Year. Uh, we will see you next week with episode 314. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.